Step Into the Realm of the Paranormal Until the Last Drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. Welcome to Till the Last Drop. I am your host, Andrew Tegach. Tonight I'll be joined with my wife, Jamie, and we will be talking about ghosts and the afterlife. We also have some interesting information on some haunted locations such as the Winchester House and the place of origin of tonight's featured alcohol. And keep listening later on when we have three interviews about some ghostly encounters. Now the topic of tonight's show is going to be on ghosts and the afterlife. Now by definition, a ghost is an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or manifest itself to the living, typically as a nebulous image. Jamie, what's your opinion on ghosts and the afterlife? Well, you could just start with ghosts, I suppose. Oh, I absolutely believe in ghosts. Oh, and what makes you say that? I've had a lot of personal experiences throughout my life. Interesting. Um, you mind sharing a little bit of one? Uh, the first would be probably when I was three years old. I woke up in the middle of the night to an older gentleman standing next to my bed, just kind of watching me sleep. And eventually he faded away. Hmm. Well, on a personal side of things, I can't say that I've had very many encounters with any kind of ghosts. I mean, I haven't seen anything or anything like that. Occasionally, I've heard a few things when I've been working at various jobs. I mean, the last one, I've heard things fall off shelves when there's really no reason for them to fall. And the current one I'm in, it sounds like there's something hitting one of the machines or whatever, and it's been hours or so after somebody's closed up in that section so i mean it's just what i've heard you know sometimes i think that it's almost more unsettling to hear things and and not see anything at all causing that noise yeah i know some people say that seeing a ghost would probably scare them beyond belief but i almost think feeling them around and not seeing them is worse well, yeah. I mean, because then you have to track down what might have made the noise, and sometimes you can't find it, and that's that, I guess, gives the room for doubt. Right. Um, speaking of haunted locations, first thing that comes to mind to me is uh, the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Now, I know they've made a movie about it, but I've been there personally, and I didn't think that it was as creepy or scary or anything like that i didn't feel any kind of presence um my mom however she did claim to feel something when she was in one of the rooms but i mean i don't have a personal account for her but i mean there's at least that uh i know you've got a little bit of information on the house do you mind uh kind of letting us know uh yeah you know this house was pretty much under seemingly unending construction from between 1886 to 1922 and during all of that time it went from an eight-room farmhouse to one of the most unusual and sprawling mansions it ended up being 24,000 square feet it has 10,000 windows 2,000 doors 160 rooms 52 skylights 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and 6 kitchens. I know that she continued to keep building on and on because she was told that it would 
uh, appeal to the spirits that were killed by the Winchester arms and the products that they made. Um, that way that they would have a place that they wouldn't disturb her, but they would still be able to, I guess, find their peace. Yeah, um, there was a lot of things that she had. I know that she had a special seance room in there so that she could commune with the spirits and try and make sure that they stayed appeased through the things that she was doing. She also, it was said that she never took the same path twice to a room because she didn't want to be followed. Uh, obviously, I have to point out something about this. Like, if you have a hallway going to a room, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to, like, pass down that hallway. I mean, you only have two options. You can go from the north, or you can go from the south, or you can go from east or west or whatever. So, I mean, technically speaking, you break it down to a small scale, she's kind of going to be going across that same path. Yeah, I <laughs> think it was more the, the long, drawn-out paths. Uh, I mean, I imagine it would take her forever <laughs> To get to bed in the evening. Yeah, well, you know, if, I mean, depending on how many chandeliers she had in a hallway, she could always just swing across, you know, like, some <laughs> like Donkey monkey Kong. bars? Yeah, I mean, there's an option for you. Hey, I'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, that's not the same path. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you would definitely confuse some spirits <laughs> and probably the living. Yeah. Well, that's probably why they closed off that section to the public in the house. They had too many people swinging on the chandeliers. <laughs> oh, I would definitely take that route, 100%. <laughs> At Till the Last Drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please, drink responsibly. So our selected drink for tonight is a dark-spiced rum. It is known as Bumboo for anyone who's looking for it. And it is based on the original recipe created by 16th and 17th century sailors of the West Indies. They blended native Caribbean ingredients into their rum, and they called it bamboo. The company itself refers to it as truly the original craft spirit, and I think that that goes very well with our theme for tonight. All right, Jamie, would you like to take a shot of the bamboo and give your opinion? Oh, I'd be happy to. Awesome. Bottoms up. <laughs> it's strong well it's rum <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's really good though it's uh sweet it's kind of got a, a caramel taste to it yeah yeah i was picking up with that on too i mean it does come from sugar cane so i mean it, there is going to be those trace flavors and it seems that i don't know i want to say that it's got a little bit more of like a, like a roasted caramel kind of flavor to it it seems like it's got a bit more i don't know and that could just be from the aging but it also seems like it's kind of burnt in of lack of a better term yeah i i definitely pick up on that too yeah if nothing else also it, it's got an amazing bottle oh yeah it's it's really cool but i'm i'm a fan of of interesting bottles so now, this liquor does come from Barbados, and while looking at the liquor, you wouldn't know that Barbados itself has a few ghostly locations. I didn't know that, that liquor could be haunted. You never know. It is called spirits. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, anyway, um, it does have the Fisher Pond Great House. This plantation house, which is over 350 years old, has been said to be haunted by a number of different ghosts. One being a young girl named Violet, who drowned in the pond many years ago. 
She tends to play games in the house, such as locking people in the bathroom. Hey, there are worse rooms to be locked in. Well, I guess. At least you have Your facilities. one amenity. Yeah. Um, many bizarre happenings have been seen and heard by the owners. Glasses clinking throughout the night and mysterious footsteps heard trekking up the stairs. Those ghosts are the life of the party. Now, that makes sense because this place, this Fisher Pond Great House, is very popular for setting up wedding reservations Ooh. and using it as a wedding location. Well, just so long as any potentially future couple knows that they might have a few extra guests on that list. Well, what is it? Chicken or fish? <laughs> uh, the next location is the Chase Mausoleum. It has been said that the coffins of the family members, which were buried in the early 1800s, move around in the locked vault, sometimes lining up vertically along the walls. At one point, the governor of Barbados personally sealed the vault, but nine months later, the coffins were all rearranged, even though the seal of the vault had not been tampered with. To combat this phenomenon, the coffins were buried in different locations, and now the empty chase vault lies open for the public to see. You know, maybe they just had restless leg syndrome. Cue awkward silence. <laughs> Aww. Now don't go getting abducted. The next section has our featured guest. To begin the interviews, we've got Jamie Molitor. She told us a story that she had an experience earlier in her life with the lady in white. Do you guys believe in ghosts and the paranormal in that kind of sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Do you guys have any experiences that you'd like to share that have to do with... Do you want to go first or want me to go first? Ladies first. All right, ladies first. So I'll go first. When I was 18 years old, I went to college in College of Charleston, Charleston, South Carolina. And there was not a lot to do until you were 21. So we became runners, like walkers, speed walkers. So we were walking um, down a street heading towards the Battery in Charleston. There is an old, old church off to the side of us. My girlfriend and I are walking, we're doing our thing and we're chatting and we both just froze, could not move. And there's a large cemetery that wraps between two churches, a Methodist and a Baptist church, and we're just frozen. And we're standing there and I'm like, do you see what I see? And she goes, if you see a woman in a white dress floating, I do. At that point, we didn't become speed walkers. We actually became runners. We ran the two miles to the battery, caught our breath. And I was like, holy crap, what the, what the world, what in the world? She's like, it's probably light. It's probably light. I'm like, yep, light, totally light. Totally lights playing with us. Um, for my 21st birthday, we went on a ghost tour in Charleston. Super historic city, lots of stories. We get to the this particular church and I'm like, hey, you know, I saw this floating white figure in a dress and there's this whole story. She's called the Lady in White and she's one of the oldest ghosts that they've been able to like track the history of in Charleston. And she loves to mess with college girls. So yeah. <laughs> and then my aunt owned a home in Dawson, Georgia that was pre-Civil War built and it made noises that were not animals or couldn't be explained like things would be moved so yeah so yeah definitely believe it. so it sounds like she definitely saw something the lady in white as she said in charleston so um 
I know you've got a little bit of information on it. I mean, maybe a little bit more than what Jamie has told us here. Not wife Jamie, but friend Jamie. So, um, wife Jamie, go ahead and give us a little information about this lady in white. Uh, from what I have been able to look into and find out, a lot of people believe that the story that best fits the uh, lady in white is of a woman named Anna. And she fell in love with a man named Edward, and her father did not approve. And so they, she kept sneaking out to see Edward in spite of her father's disapproval. Eventually, uh, her father had Edward transferred to a different military base. And after that, Anna became very, very heartbroken and fell ill and passed on. Edward came back and found out that she had already passed and Anna's family refused to let him come to the funeral and Edward was heartbroken. Um, Anna's father actually ended up blaming Edward for his daughter's death and went so far as to dig six different graves and fill them in and didn't mark any of them so that Edward was not able to mourn the loss of Anna. This had a very bad effect on Edward. He was very troubled. He got thrown out of the military. He had insomnia. He drank. He used drugs. And he also ended up dying really young himself. Oh. Did it ever mention what cause it was? Uh, no, they didn't. But he did end up uh, becoming quite well known after his passing. Oh, what did he become known for? Well, he was a writer, but he wrote under the name Edgar Allan Poe. Oh. Yeah. So there actually is some major history combined with this lady in white with Edgar Allan Poe as well. Yeah. And a lot of people believe that Poe's poem Annabelle Lee is actually about Anna. Oh, well, interesting. That's something new that you don't hear very often. Right. It's it's really interesting to find these these inter these paranormal stories and be able to actually connect them to somewhat historical events. Oh yeah. Now I wonder if Jamie knew that when like she had this encounter or if she uh knew it afterwards or something like that cuz she didn't really say too much about Edgar Allan Poe in com in combination with this. Yeah, I'm not sure. That would actually be something interesting to uh, to ask her. Yeah, maybe you have to follow up one day and see if she can shed some light on that. I definitely agree with that. Cool. Well, next up we have Cubby from Cubby's Bear Trap. He had a paranormal encounter himself. Uh, Michelle's family from Kansas City. A lot of your relatives. And Michelle's brother is Steve, getting married. His wife is Christian on the cross own a bar, whatever. My mom, <laughs> she didn't tell you this. Her mom's ashes to this day are still in my house. Has not been properly buried. Patty, cousin from Kansas City, and Michelle went downstairs in the basement. Never had any electrical problems or nothing. Nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. And they said, Mary, which is Michelle's mom, it is running wrong, give us a sign. Then they got the light, went out in the laundry room. They both screamed bloody murder to me. I'm like, 
we used to guys screaming, come down. I came down. We asked this question. It happened. The light went out. I'm like, trust me, I couldn't do laundry for fucking eight months because that shit happened. Scared the fuck out of me. I'm sorry for the story. Here in my second part. You think spirits on this ish is weird? You're weird? No. Guess what? Think of your past deceased family and anything that might have happened, like a smell or something that happened. You're like, oh my God. Yes, it does happen. Someone's reaching out. Someone's reaching out. Well, I don't even know what to begin to think of with that one. I have heard a lot about people having an, an olfactory trigger um, to somebody who's passed on, you know, you smell their perfume or um, get a whiff of any scent that you associated with that person. And I've heard that a lot of times that is that person's energy coming around. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that if I passed on before you, that you would probably get to smell my perfume just <laughs> wafting around. Well, maybe. Um, then again, there's plenty of bottles of it, so <laughs> I, I'd almost think that, yeah, I just know. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about is he mentioned having a family member's ashes. Yeah. And you often hear, you know, people's energy being attached. I mean, that's that's their physical remains, what remains of their physical body. So I could see there being a, a heavy attachment to that, at least for a period after passing yeah. on. That's first home you get, seems like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it makes me look forward to the fact that I am my family's uh, ashes keeper so we will eventually have all of my family lined up in rows ah uh, not gonna try to do that uh they don't want to sign up for like that tree thing to be like planted <laughs> and like become a tree or something i don't think so <laughs> i don't know maybe it'd be like a well i don't know maybe not so much your i don't know your mom might be a crab apple tree hey <laughs> <laughs> i don't know Oof. She has her moments, I guess. I mean, you've told me plenty of times. Aww. So. <laughs> I think all of us have a moment where we're a bit of a crab apple tree, really. <laughs> It'd just be a weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's Andrew just infesting everyone again. <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> that's, that's, that's not a trait you would have there, dear. <laughs> uh, so Cubby got a little bit more of the till the last drop theme in him that night. Um, he had plenty of shots beforehand, and I know it was a little hard to understand him in some of those instances too, but it was true. I mean, a lot of times he did like come back to me, and he was repeating the same story on multiple occasions too. So it's not just like, like it was a single single instance that he was brought up about this. So. A lot of times you hear that people are more receptive to... Um, and more open about speaking about these sorts of things and experiences when they are somewhat influenced. Yeah. I mean, you get a little more relaxed. You get a little bit more talkative in his case. I mean, he was over an hour talking to me about this. <laughs> well, he's a talker anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, of course, in that same sense, when people are drinking and all that, they may want to share a bit more. And in that case, I actually was able to pick up a little bit of another interview that I wasn't even expecting this time around. Just a random 
drive-by interview? Pretty much. Passerby, she came in while we were having the interview with Cubby, and she gave her own opinion on a bit of the afterlife. Well, that's always a bonus. Yeah. So here it is up next. I was with my ex, and then I got pregnant. And so I went to see this medium, and she was like, you know, who do you think the father is, whatever. And she ended up telling me it was Joe, and then, like, called him Joshua. Like, all of this stuff happened. And then she said, you have a guardian angel. And I was like, okay. And my grandpa hadn't passed. Like, I, I had no idea who it might have been. She was like, he was in a Jeep. He has on a plaid shirt. He was wearing a white hat. I'm like, no, like nothing, nothing, nothing. I was yeah. like, you're full of shit. So I go home and I'm telling my grandma and she was like, well, that's Billy. What, well, who's Billy? You know, and she's like, your cousin. Like we went to the, the pig farm and he would bang on the camper and like scare the shit out of me. And I was like, it's not a thing. Like it's not a thing. She showed me a senior picture in a plaid shirt by his Jeep with a white hat. And I was like, okay. Uh, the same description? Yep. Yeah. So she said, he's my guardian angel, which is weird because we weren't super close or, but she totally knew what he was wearing. So it's interesting that she went to a medium to find out a little bit more information about it. And then it wasn't until she talked to her grandma about it that it was confirmed who it actually was and that there was a good feeling, but that would have been the same person. Yeah, actually, I find that very interesting. I had a similar experience myself when I remember how I was telling you about seeing the older gentleman when I was three. Yeah. Uh, maybe a year after that, I was with my mom and she was cleaning some things out and she pulls out a picture and she hands it to me. And I have no idea who was in this picture, but I look and I see the same gentleman who had been in my room. And I looked at her and I said, hey, I know that guy. I saw him. He, he was in my room. And my mom gets this pale, you know, pale complexion. She, she looked shocked and she asked me to explain it. And I tell her what happened. And by the end of it, she's crying and I'm feeling horrible because I'm four and I just made my mother cry. And um, she ends up telling me that the man in the photograph is my grandfather, her father, and mm. that he had actually passed away before I was born. Hmm. Well, that's pretty similar to what we were just hearing here. Yeah, very much. Oh. So I wonder if anybody else has had those kind of... I don't know, experiences where it's like post-occurrence, You I get guess. that confirmation later of, yeah. of something. I'm sure that that's probably a pretty common thing. Hmm. Um, I know that I always like to tell my mom that I thought that my grandfather was watching over her. Kind of like the guardian angel. Yeah. So with this talk of guardian angels and all that, what would be your opinion of the afterlife? mine yeah i'm i'm not really sure i guess i really feel that we're all energy and once we're done with our our meat suits uh so to speak we just kind of go back to the great energy that is all around yeah what about you andrew um i've actually got a pretty similar opinion on it i mean 
obviously later on I heard that there were a couple authors that wrote a few books about this concept of like people as energy and after you die your energy gets returned to the universe in some sense mm-hmm. um, it's not so much uh, reincarnation or anything like that but it's since energy can neither be created or destroyed obviously there's energy within people I mean the firing of the synapses in your brain and like just the the way that we function it seems like we have not just electrical energy but kinetic energies and all that kind of stuff so right yeah absolutely um obviously the consciousness itself is can be a form of energy um whether it be linked within others maybe this is why mediums are able to quote-unquote channel the dead maybe they're just able to tap into this energy a little bit better maybe people are seeing ghosts because they're these ghostly energy forms are able to gather enough gather up enough residual energy within the environment from other sources that they can manifest themselves in some sense too so i know that there's a a popular belief amongst people who believe in ghosts and and things like that that entities require energy in order to be able to manifest or do different things like move an object or make a noise and so a lot of people think that they will drain the living people around them in order to attain that energy that they need to make their presence known yeah that would also make sense as to why paranormal investigators will lose power in their batteries and lights and all this while they're trying to get ghost footage yeah, I know I went to a couple places to try and take some spooky pictures when I was younger. And I actually had one place that no matter how new the batteries were, they were drained within a couple minutes of going there. Yeah, I think there was a place, uh, Seven Sisters Road in Nebraska City. I believe that has the similar effect that people's car batteries were dying while you're on this road. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about it. Apparently the... Uh, the brother or husband of these seven sisters were, uh, he killed them all and hung them all along this road. Oh. So that's where there's paranormal activities happening. And <laughs> They're if, just hanging around? I guess so. They're just kind of <laughs> hanging out there. So. This is Till the Last Drop, and you're listening to this next section on our tab. At this time is going to be our last call, so we're just going to kind of sum up a little bit of what we went over. Since tonight's topic was ghosts, we decided to give a little bit of a definition of it, as well as find some information on the Winchester house. And since our featured alcohol was a spirit from Barbados, it was nice to see a little bit of spooky information from Barbados itself in the Caribbean. We took a lot of good interviews from these people that were able to provide us with a nice solid story and a lot of other research opportunities like finding out about Edgar Allan Poe from The Lady in White. Um, that was definitely very interesting and unexpected. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't know about that one until we actually put a little bit more research of it. So that's always cool to find out something else. Yeah. Um, good uh, opinions on the afterlife, for instance, having somebody with a guardian angel that they never even known and your own personal account in that one too. Yeah. I felt like that was kind of interesting to hear somebody else's firsthand experience with something so similar to what I've had happen. Yeah, especially considering it was just a completely random encounter on that one. I wasn't even planning for somebody else to come in, and they came in with a really good story, too. 
Exactly. That so. that made it even more compelling to me. Yeah. If anybody out there has a paranormal encounter, whether it be with ghosts or aliens or maybe you saw Bigfoot, something like that, go ahead and track us down on Facebook. I mean, we have a page, Till the Last Drop. We're also on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and leave us a comment or send us a message. Just let us know what you've encountered. We are always interesting to know, and you never know. We might have you on the show to share your encounter yourself. Yeah, we're definitely always interested in hearing people's personal experiences. Thank you for listening till the last drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a theme drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>